Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Per Schneider, Hello. Jonathan Dornbush, hey. and Zachary Ryan. What's up, Zachary Ryan? Not much. What's up with you? <laughs> not much. Not much at all. Just nice. enjoying this relaxing week before the crazy week. Oh, lucky you, relaxing <laughs> week. Huh? Yeah. I, I personally have a crazy week next mm-hmm. week. Yeah. But how, how's everyone else doing? Good. I, I was on the Twitter earlier, and I was amazed. There, there are a couple of people tweeting uh, insane numbers at me namely their play hours like dank frank awesome twitter name nice. oh. he had 955 hours logged in the legend of zelda so i retweeted him and said can anybody beat this and yes hylian hero 2 mark 1030 hours in zelda he did a screen cap of his wow. playtime record but even worse or better 1,165 Splatoon 2 hours wow and he says huh. it's mostly samurai that's insane that's, well how much time do you think you've put into zelda I tried to do 200 probably. I tried to do some math, uh, pretty recently and I think I pro- I'm probably encroaching on five, 500 hours. Okay. Well, that's, because uh, I've completed it on my own. I completed it for Link Together. I did a master quest. Okay. Uh, and then like all the DLC. So I think, yeah, I think I'm close to like, like 450 or five. I'd say I'm like a, a 180 something like that. I played the Wii U version a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Isn't that yeah. nuts? Do you have this much time? To it's play that no, definitely not. I mean, I don't think I have a thousand hours combined in like all of those games put together. So that's, like, that's just crazy. What do you it's do like, with your time, Philip? I write the news and I make videos. I write the news. <laughs> yes, or I help with it. But um, yeah, how's everyone else doing? Jonathan, you doing good? I'm not relaxed at all. I'm very anxious because I've been playing Celeste all week. Yes. And I love it, but oh man, Celeste. does that make me feel yes. like Same. a crazy person? We yeah. Yes, we are all very excited about Celeste and we're going to be talking a lot more about that in the later half of the show. Um, but first... We have some news coming from the uh, apparently GDC game industry report. Apparently, devs say that games will sell better on Nintendo Switch or they do sell better on Nintendo Switch than on other platforms. So since launching, so the question that they rose in G, or for this GDC analysis sort of pre-event type of thing uh, is since launching your game on Nintendo Switch, how have Switch game sales, uh, sales compared to the average across all platforms you've launched on? Now, 28% of those people who, took, who participated in the polls said that Switch sales have been greater than average. Now, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, 23% said Switch sales have been about average. 16% said Switch sales have been less than average. And 33% have said that they've either only launched on Switch or have had other issues. So I think that those are some really, really interesting numbers, um, personally. I know we're talking about numbers, and numbers aren't a lot of fun, but the Switch is fun. So It's a great, I mean, it's a great reminder that it is It is now a vibrant platform. This did not happen with, uh, with the eShop previously, right? Nintendo has had some rare hits, like if you remember on the Wii, the uh, World of Goo was a surprise download hit, but that was almost like a, that was a game Nintendo put so much support behind. Some of these games, there's, there's very little push from Nintendo now, right? Obviously, they send out their newsletter, and you've got the software rankings and stuff. And yet they're doing really, really well. So it's just a great sign that the platform is alive. People are now getting into the habit of downloading games, buying these games in addition to the big Mario Karts and Splatoons and Zelda. So that's great. My worry still is it's a land grab. The platform is going to get so packed and there's so many games yeah. coming out. Some games will suffer, but so far the good games have rose, well, risen to the top. I think, right. that, I think that Nintendo's done a really good job of putting uh, indies first and foremost uh, in, in a lot of their marketing. Um, yep. You know, we see things that they wouldn't have done in the previous <clears> generation, like uh, an indie-specific directs uh, really highlighting a lot of these games and showing uh, showing these games off to maybe a percentage of the public that wouldn't have been interested. Uh, I think that the Switch's install base is definitely something to comment on in, in the way that we're probably attracting more people from Steam that can play these games in a portable environment. I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think it's really interesting, you know, the, these top couple of statistics here, because you see games like uh, Steam World Dig 2 that report things like, oh, we sold more on Switch than we did on Mike on Xbox and PlayStation and Steam combined, like yeah. ten yeah. times more. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's 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 a it's a perfect platform for that kind of stuff, and I think it's really awesome that. At least in this first year, they're really cashing in on it. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan just wrote an awesome piece about Nindies on Switch. Um, yeah, uh, and that actually it ties in really well to all of that. It, it's interesting. Like there were all those little success stories in the first year of, like you said, SteamWorld or Oceanhorn selling more in its first day than it did on like, every. Overcooked was also another big one. Uh, Golf Story was exclusive to the system, but also a major success story for them. And it's cool seeing those little what you may think are little games alongside in a direct say Mario Odyssey. Here's also Golf Story. They've done like you were saying a really good job of not just Nindy-specific showcases, but putting them in the larger context of, no, these matter to Switch. They are just as big a deal to us, at least on the Nintendo side, as they are our first-party releases. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, unlike Steam as well, because Steam's actually been having a lot of trouble promoting um, indie games, there are so many games that come through on Steam, like, on a daily basis that they just get so overshadowed. So, like, the fact that the eShop is doing so well with promoting these smaller titles is really sort of inviting other indie developers to jump on board. And Nintendo's doing a lot of great things, like, with how they have their um, daily news stories that pop up, like, on, on your feed, on your Switch. So, little touches like that, I think, are incredible incredibly important um, mm -hmm. to promote and bring awareness to smaller titles like um, Celeste, for instance, you know, which a lot of people should be yeah. playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did get two other really, really cool uh, Nindy Switch announcements uh, today, actually, or yesterday, I believe. Um, so Dead Cells is one of them. Yeah. That game is officially coming to Switch, and I am so, so excited about Dead Cells. Now, Zach, um, I know you haven't played it, but you did 
check out some footage of the game running. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it, it looks more Castlevania than any of the recent <laughs> Metroidvanias. Oh, yes. right? It's got a very distinct sort of sword and sorcery feel. We're taking a look at it now if you're watching the, uh, the uh, video version of the show. So you're watching PC footage, by the way. Uh, okay. Yeah, you can really tell about all the graphics going on here. But uh, <laughs> well, I small that, icons, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that uh, one of the things that really intrigued me about this is the range of motion for your character. Uh, uh, not unlike uh, the last Metroid game, Samus Returns, I think that there's a lot more stuff going on here than your typical Metroidvania. Uh, you can dodge roll, you can get behind enemies, you can use elemental powers to freeze enemies. You're doing things like using swords and whips and all kinds of different. You've got stuff, the so. get over here move, right, exactly, right? The grappling hook, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of got like a, a Symphony of the Night vibe. I totally, think. yeah. Uh, I, or at but least fast, that's what that's but what, way, but fast. way faster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really hope just watching it, you know, like in the trailers. Whoever's playing uh, is just mowing through enemies. Oh, that's uh, me. That's my nice, gameplay. Nicely done. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. way to go. Uh, that's what they're always saying about Phillips. Is he's very good at the video games. Um, uh, I hope that it's really difficult. Like, I really liked. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played uh, Salt and Sanctuary when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. But it was like a two D sort of Dark Souls kind of game. This, to me, from what I've played of it, because I've played both Salt and Sanctuary and this game. Um, this, that's that's the other thing we say about you is that you play all games. I play all of yeah, them. Yeah, right. Um, no, but this to me is what I wanted Salt and Sanctuary to be because obviously yeah. there was so much comparison between Salt and that's Sanctuary cool. and and Dark Souls. Um, but this to me feels a lot more like. Dark, like a Dark Souls type game, except done in like a 2D style Metroidvania esque thing. Cool. And it's, it's also procedurally, um, generated, or oh. it has procedurally, procedurally generated elements to it. Interesting. So like there are, um, consistent like levels, like you're always gonna start in the same area. The second area is always gonna be like have that same sort of aesthetic look to it, but the levels inside and the like the whole layout will themselves. change. <laughs> but right. it's not that hard, right? Like it's not, it's not brutally hard. It, it put, puts up a challenge. Bummer. Um, it does put up a challenge. I wouldn't call it brutally hard but yep. it's definitely going to be a game that you know you're going to die a lot so you're yep. definitely going to need to have some time to figure it out before you can complete it at least most is people. it is it wrong of me to say that the fact that it's that it is somewhat procedurally generated kind of turns me off um mm. yes i think that's incredibly wrong no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, you know like i think that there's something to be said about careful level design and finding secrets and you know like the way that you work through a castlevania or metroid game um that really does it for me. That really turns me yeah. on right. in terms of these kinds of games. Uh, thank You're you. showing your age. Um, I mean, there's definitely there's I guess a, so. there's yeah. I I perceive an age gap between the kind of predetermined games and the kind of more open procedurally generated games. Right. Yeah. It's hard um, to beat 25. The kids. Well, no, but hey, but up? the kids. The kids love the endless challenge of a game that you can always get back sure. to and at least portions of the the levels, if not the progression, yeah. are are. Ge- I, well, how, you're you're a fellow old. How yeah. do you feel about procedurally generated stuff? So I'm like. I'm the kind of guy. I love a good open world game uh, as as well, right? Where I can do whatever I want. Um, I love a story and mm. a a definite kind of thread I follow. Mm. So I'm less about the games where I go into a dungeon and it's always different. Whether that's in an RPG or in an action game, I I prefer that somebody smart thought it all out beforehand, Absolutely. put all the traps, and then I step in them. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I like there are roguelike games that I've loved. Uh, Rogue Legacy oh, always comes did, to mind. Like I absolutely love that. Did you mean rouge like rouge like rouge like? Uh, but. I still do love sort of that manicured, as you were saying, yep. like actual levels made out. That's why I think I'm in love with Celeste so much. I think if Celeste was a procedurally generated, brutal, hardcore platformer, I wouldn't have fell in, fallen in love with it as much as I have. Yep. Uh, but that being said, I think roguelikes can be amazing. And yeah. I know that there's a lot of love for Dead Cells in the early access community. Yeah. So I'm excited to have yep. that. It'll be launching in the 1.0 version when it launches on Switch. Uh, alongside the PC launch of the 1.0 version. Awesome. Cool. And yeah. we don't cool. we don't have a release date. No, yet, just right? sometime this year. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting. Hopefully we get it sooner than later. But another game that was announced alongside uh, Dead Cells is Aegis Defenders. And now this is also a game that's coming from Steam Early Access. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit of a different game. It's, it's also got that sort of 2D style um, pixel art 16-bit look to it but it's not a metroidvania this is a mix between tower defense and platforming i guess is that what you would call it yeah well so they yeah. it originally started as a kickstarter back in 2014 I, I don't know how much like early access they've actually done i know they've done like beta backers have been testing the game out uh, and essentially there are these 
uh, different divisions of the game where you go exploring and you're finding items to build stuff for the tower defense portions of the game, uh, but you're always going out with multiple characters. So local co-op is included in the game and you're allowed to transfer between the characters. So there's sort of almost like a... Like a Battle Chef vibe where you're going out mm-hmm. and doing these platforming levels and collecting resources and then taking those resources into a For different the style defense. of gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's a little that's, bit like that. That's really cool. And like Traditionally, I'm not a tower defense guy, Yeah, but there's something about this that looks charming to me. Like I, yeah. I, I watched this trailer earlier today and I was really digging it. I think it's, it's kind of cool that you can take all four of those characters out together yeah. and swap between them. Well, and so we yeah. spoke to the developers both as part of this larger piece and the announcement of Aegis Defenders coming to Switch about how in the testing how they've tweaked the game so much because they noticed people didn't actually like switching as much uh when they first were making the game. They they didn't yeah. want to swap between characters. Uh yes. so they've so they've incited Lost Vikings. I know, but so they they've incited <laughs> people to do that through like a fusion system where you can only collect specific items by certain characters, so you have to fuse these items together together to get better items. Yeah. Uh so they've included those options as well. Uh, it's really interesting. While we were talking to them, they said a uh, big inspirations for them were Overcooked in terms of that co-op play, huh. um, as well as Pikmin uh, for sort of this color-coded armor system to know uh, sort of what abilities can be used, and then also Persona was an influence because they said what they noticed people were gravitating to were the characters. And so now there are branching dialogue trees when you have conversations and they don't change necessarily the nature of the game, but they do let you choose different responses and let you tune the characters to the way you feel they should be played. (coughs) Interesting. Uh, So yeah, it's a lot deeper than I think it looks at a first glance. Uh, And, but it was very much inspired. uh, The developers were telling us that, Hey, we loved games in the SNES era and we want to make something fresh using that sort of design. I got, I mean, I got Spelunky vibes at first when I saw it, but then you actually, you watch it for a little longer and you're like, wow, you've got all these kind of tools and oh, yeah. it's, it seems like it's a very different game once you play it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to see, especially it will have local co-op in Switch so you can each play with one Joy-Con just right out of a single system. See, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool potential for both those games. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about both of them too. I think that, um, I don't know, so there's something about Dead Cells that just is really interesting You're really me. into that. Huh? I really am. I played a lot of it yesterday, <laughs> yeah. um, last night. Um, so much so that I I, I'm just like I don't he didn't know. sleep. Yeah, I didn't didn't get much sleep. But um, another indie uh, or on the sort of reign of indie games, since we're on that subject already, apparently the creator of the highly popular mobile game, um, and also I think it's available on PS4 and PS Vita as well. Downwell has joined Nintendo. So the game is called Downwell. Um, it's basically on mobile. It's played in portrait mode. I'm not sure how it's played on PS4. I think on Vita you can also like turn the Vita sideways yeah, and play it. Like vertical. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's a, essentially a vertical side-scrolling shooter, but right. going down. So if you've yeah. played that game, um, you you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. We have some footage here um, on screen if you don't. So you must play it on Switch this way too, right? Vertically? Oh, well, actually, we don't know for sure if it's coming to Switch. This now, is, is he oh. joining Nintendo or is he making games on Switch? He's joining Nintendo. So he's, he's, he's like hired. He's by got Nintendo, a job, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, which is so. And he was before this was for uh, Devolver Digital, right? Like, uh, this game was published yeah, by Devolver, I, believe I think, so, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So that's a uh, that's interesting, right? Like a uh, a like hardcore indie dev joining the Nintendo team. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no official word if Downwell is coming to Switch. I'd be really surprised if it eventually didn't, um, because I think it's a perfect fit for the console itself, especially if you can play it in portrait mode with touchscreen, uh, oh. you know controls so i think it'll be really fun uh so yeah it's just really cool that nintendo is getting even more creative minds like that you know yeah so projects speaking to that indie process it's really fascinating like the lengths to which you're going this is not a collaboration i would have expected necessarily but it's really awesome mm-hmm. to see uh him joining nintendo and when we were talking to nintendo for that big nindies piece that zach had mentioned uh, it was kind of like they view these games as so much of a core part of switch's identity mm-hmm. and so i think we're seeing that sort of be built into nintendo Nintendo's identity as a whole, uh, right. sort of like a hire like this. Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that Nintendo shows like such high value, just as much value in their smaller titles or in indie titles like this as they do in their first party releases. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see that collaboration happening between Nintendo and developers. But another game that uh, came out, is it this week? Last this, week. Last week, yeah. yes. Um, is Kirby Battle Royale on yeah. 3DS and pair? You've been playing a little bit. Well, of it made it. me dig out my <laughs> 3DS. Yeah, which is it's so weird when you when you so, when you're so used to holding a, a Switch now and then you go back to the even the the XL. Yeah, uh, it seems so small and quaint totally. and like you see the main menu, you're like, oh god, so many icons. <laughs> like right. it's like what? When it takes a second Super to load cluttered. longer than the Switch, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I, I played this a bit. A, a bit. Um, so for those of you that are uninitiated, uh, 100 Kirby's drop out of a plane onto a map. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. Actually, right? No, it's not a, uh, it's not like PUBG, not that kind of battle royale. Honestly, I mean, I'd describe it as Mario Party Light. Really? Yeah, they're like, they're, they're these kind of almost like one screen or slightly scrolling, uh, battles with, uh, that you can have with your friends. You can play with download play, so you don't have to have the game. You can play online. Kirby online. Look at that. Um, and they're, they're just really kind of like almost, uh, uh, like two and a half D overhead view battles where Kirby, um, uses his signature move, which is not sucking in people for some odd reason. No, you can use a sword or a bomb or like other upgrades you, um, you get to uh, defeat your, your opponents. And, uh, so it's, uh, from the ground up built as a multiplayer game. Like, to give you an example, like one challenge could be that you're dropped into an arena and there's an apple and you're supposed to, at the end of the timer, hold the apple. You pick up things with R. And so you're fighting, uh, against the AI, AI or your friends with your sword, try to knock them out and then last minute grab that apple. Or you like shake apples from trees. Remember the happy trees mm-hmm. with the nose? Yes. And, the, yeah. <laughs> and then like try to drop as many into a bucket like a trap door and you have to work with your friend together, team versus team to like collect as many as possible so it's it's that kind of stuff uh actually bomberman it, it feels a little yeah, bit like little bomberman bit yeah um but it's not as good as bomberman and uh you know it's 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 decent i now, think it's a is good it not kids as good game. as old bomberman or is it not as good as new bomberman because if mm-hmm. it's not as good as new bomberman we might be in trouble is so it new, bomberman, bomberman new bomberman man keeps on getting better and better okay right so yeah if you I haven't, haven't kept checked up in with yeah no but no check it um no it's it's I'd say it's not as good as either one of them. <laughs> it's look, it's not, it's, it's obviously designed for kids. It's this new crop of 3DS games that are not 3DS mm-hmm. games. No more 3D on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a game that's taxing the system. It doesn't run amazing. Um, is it, it going to turn anyone into a Kirby fan? No, Kirby no, fan? because it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel like a Kirby game. It's honestly right. like it's, if you're a Kirby fan, you might want to take a look. Uh, I think if, if you have young kids who like playing multiplayer games, this is a good ticket. But have for you, everybody else, it's it's. Have you been playing it at small. all with your kids? Uh, yeah, I showed it to him. There, there was not. A, and is it a hit at the House of a Thousand no. Joy-Con or no? No, the House of a t- Thousand Joy-Con uh, <laughs> did reject this game. No, yeah. it's all right. It's honestly, it's like think about if Mario Party only had like ten challenges. There's a little bit of a story mode in mm-hmm. it too, so it's not all multiplayer. But it's um, it's all right. Okay. It's a small game for 40 bucks. I was expecting much more. It's made by Hal, the daddies wow. uh, right. and moms of, of Kirby. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely, you can tell it's kind of like the, the tail end of the big first party games coming out for the, for well, the 3DS. I mean, yeah. You know what they say about a Kirby game when it hits your system. That's right. Yeah. So yes. we've still got Detective Pikachu on the way though. So that's true. for America. That's so, right. Yeah. America's still getting that. Um, you know that I enjoyed that game. That was fun. Yeah, I'm really but, looking forward to it. But not triple A sure, amazeball. Sure. You played like it? And not in, yes, I, I played the Japanese one. Oh, cool. Yeah. I wonder if uh, I wonder if there are more people just kind of waiting on the you know Kirby Switch game, Kirby Star Allies. Like, I wonder if that's sort of where the Kirby fans' hearts are right now in Switchland. Well, it's certainly. I mean, this game. This game makes it abundantly clear if you want that classic style Kirby game, you know, the next big one is on Switch. This is right. a or, this is a side game. This is a battle game. Okay. Pick up Planet Robobot. Robobot was a really good one. Yeah, yeah good I like that one a lot. So, yeah. So, I mean, for 40 bucks, uh, buy four indies on Switch instead. It's $40. <laughs> if you have a Switch. That's, yeah. It's 40 bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It is, it I is. I realized it was a full price game. There's, there's a bunch of cool, like, collection stuff in there. So it's not quite as bare bones as that makes it sound and some mm-hmm. hidden challenges and stuff you can unlock. But, um, you know, you obviously, to, online Does Kirby plays. wear any nice hats? Hmm? Does he wear any nice hats? There are hats? lots of hats. Yeah. That's you good. start off as Kirby with a link hat and the sword. And okay. Mm-hmm. You unlock many new powers. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so hat enthusiasts. It's really good for people who are into hats. Copy fans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. Got Thank it. you for reminding me on that. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that again. It's right. very good for hat fans. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got a real hat initiative yeah. going on over here these days. It's a good week for Kirby fans out there. Um, yeah. So, uh, is it? I, I guess. I, 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 I completely honest. It sounds like it might be an okay <laughs> week. It's, it's okay. If yeah. I had to rate it, it'd be a six. Okay. So six. far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What, what score do we give it? 
I don't know if As we reviewed it. It might yeah. be it might be too small. Okay. Yeah. Well, it also that's came fair. out in Europe a while back. Right. right? It did come out yes. last year well, already. That's a whole yeah. other continent. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. just just came out in the US. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hey, we can never before we move on to our, our next topic, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you a quick question. Absolutely. Um and forgive me if I if I'm uh just forgetting here, but did we talk about uh Night in the Woods coming to Switch? No. Did you know that Night in the Woods is coming to Switch on February? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited cool. for Night in the Woods to come to Switch. I think it's probably one of the most, uh, unique and real storytelling experiences that I've, I've, I've played in the last handful of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the Switch is a perfect platform for it. I, Jonathan, I know you're a big yeah. Night in the Woods fan. It was a game that a couple people in the office had kept telling me to play and I was like, I'll get Same, to it, yeah, I'll get to yeah. it, I'll get And then it was on sale on the PSN so I downloaded it in like the last week of the year and it instantly jumped into my top 10 for the year. Okay. It's like you were saying, it is, there is dialogue in that game that is so cutting and so true to life mm-hmm. that I was like, how does this game know what I was thinking? Right. Like it is incredible the dialogue in that game. So it's also just so charming. Did, yeah. I, did I ever, either of you get a chance to play it last Not year? Yet. I actually no. don't know too much about so it. So Night in the yeah. Woods is... Chloe has been singing yeah, its yeah. praises, yeah. Night in the Woods is the tale of an, a town full of anthropomorphic animals, and you play a college student that returns home. Uh, at first, you don't know why you've dropped out and like, come back to school, um, but you basically just have these, like normal everyday sorts of tasks that you go through you know like you're in a band so there's like a little rhythm game um there's a really funny scene where you like break a bunch of light bulbs yeah um and it's just this really charming but also like very real and sort of heavy story kind of complemented by this like awesome paper cutout uh art style and i'm sorry that i I didn't put this on the run of show beforehand so we could have thrown some video in here but i i know i I wanted to make sure that we covered it on this show because it, it hasn't been on a Nintendo platform yet. It is coming really soon, and I think it's something that our audience might be really into. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the edition coming is they updated the version on other platforms. It's called the Weird Autumn Edition. Nice. It's sort of like a director's cut of the game where I think they have commentary in there and a few little extra oh, nice. scenes and stuff. It is well worth playing, especially Def- if you love. Definitely, uh, yeah. definitely going to play. Yeah, yeah, one of the characters, Greg, is one of oh, the, like, the funniest characters I've ever seen in any video game ever. Yeah, I love nice. him. Yeah. yeah. All right, very cool. Yeah. Thanks for the heads up. Yes, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. I just wanted to put that out there. That's all right. And when's that coming out? February 1st. February 1st. Cool. Yeah, right around the corner. Nice. Awesome. Keep your eyes out for that one. Definitely. Um, but on to some sadder news, I guess, for Indeed. the like five people still using it. <laughs> um, but Nintendo is apparently shutting down Mitomo. And Mitomo, if you aren't aware of it, is the app on smartphones that people have been using to essentially like Right. Communicate with each other through me's and stuff like sure. that. Yep. Yeah. So, did you guys ever like get into Mitomo? Uh, the as, first week. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say as I have been with Nintendo's most of Nintendo's mobile offerings, I was very into Mitomo for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mostly really fun to, to uh, take your little me head and put it on different bodies and situations. You know, Andrew Goldfarb uh, had many, many photos of the Final Fantasy 15 characters with our heads attached to them because we were when that game launched, we were on a trip to Japan for Final Fantasy 15. And I like I will always remember Mitomo for him showing those photos to the Final Fantasy 15 designers and them just being completely flabbergasted by it. So, just I don't know why this weird American is showing us these like hodgepodge photos, but sure, why not? Yeah, uh, he was very excited he was very excited uh, me too my i actually you know i, I kind of I, I dropped super fast on this yeah one. me too what and faster than on the other uh, such a weird games. offering for their first like big mobile outing well it you know? feels like it was supposed to be almost the nexus of the mobile outings yes. that they would tie everything to and you could go back to it like based on the currency you would earn and be able to get more in-game items there and it would almost be the social network attached to your nintendo mobile game right yep. but also they clearly their mobile plan changed because we were supposed to get four games by sometime last year and yep. now we've only gotten three if you, or f- i guess we've gotten four now yeah. including mitomo yep. but yeah it was supposed to be a much shorter timeline it took quite a while yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think that Nintendo's whole, like, their entire timeline of releases and stuff like that has just constantly been shifting as far as regarding their mobile releases. Um, you know, we saw the launch of Mitomo initially, and then we saw um, Super Mario Run, which mm-hmm. has, you know, g- been given some support. Post-launch. Super Mario Run is fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. a f- totally fantastic game, but, you know, it hasn't been, like, they haven't been dripping content in it like they have um, Fire Emblem Heroes, yeah. right? And now that game has been getting a really nice steady stream of support. From it's been Nintendo. probably making them a lot more well. money. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, my impression of Mitomo was that it, it just wasn't for me. It was, Tom you know, Tom that Tom there is an audience. <laughs> yep. There's an audience out there that, that'll 
dig it, yeah, for me. Oh. Um, and also, like Brian, I made the mistake of accepting a ton of friend requests. Right. And I think this game definitely succeeds when you know the people very well that you're interacting with. And for me, it just kind of became a chore of answering questions and interacting with people whose usernames I may have seen from my Wii, uh, <laughs> but but didn't know personally. And so it, it's just kind of like fizzled. Yeah. 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 I'll agree to it that. It was a cool experiment. I love, I would love for Nintendo to have like some sort of social network set up that forms the core of their Switch experience. Right. You know, that could connect with mobile. So who knows? Maybe we'll see that someday. I will <laughs> say that I did make a remarkable likeness of myself in yeah? Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, it's, Very it's pretty easy though when you have a beard and glasses. That's true. Like if you're like a generic guy, like me, yeah. Like it's very difficult to create me. That's words. what I did. That's what I did. I I just uh, I typed in uh, generic Perfect. old, and then that's and then I came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. They, just, they just created the Mitomo. I think you could make yeah. a me uh, that looked like like pear and me, and the only difference you'd have to make Hello. is like put white hair or brown uh-huh. hair. Yeah, yeah. like white it would look hair. the same. Yeah. Thing. What am I, Gandalf? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you shall not Gandalf the old. <laughs> so yes. wise, pear. So wise. <laughs> Um, Thank you. All right. Well, yeah, that's the end of segment one. Uh, we will be back with part two of our epic episode of NVC to talk way more about Celeste. Bye. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for 54 cents a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat. And welcome back to part two of Nintendo Voice Chat. And as you may have noticed, we are joined by two new guests, Pear and Jonathan Steptout. We are joined with Tom Marks, our PC editor, and Alana Pierce, our video producer. Mm -hmm. Good to have you guys. Thank you. Very nice to have you here, Tom. Always happy to be here. And we are here to talk about Celeste. We gave Celeste a 10. Yeah. You gave Celeste a 10. I did that. Why did you give Celeste a 10, Tom? Because <laughs> uh, I really like it a yes. lot. <laughs> yes. I think it's a cool. good well, game. It's been a good discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Catch you later. I mean, it's the third 10 we've given anything in uh, 12 months. And it's the up there. Third 10 Switch? Yeah, it's up there with Mario and Zelda, so that's yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, opinions on this will differ, I'm sure, but I, I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed Odyssey. Um, I enjoyed, I mean, Zelda is like, Zelda's one of those things where it just like changed the bar, right? Like it. Not gonna compete with that. Yeah, you, like for me, that, that game is hard to compare anything to, but I, this is probably in my top five or ten games ever right now. Like I'm, this is a game I'm going to be talking about for years to come. It's a game that really kind of touched me both from like a game design standpoint and also from an emotional standpoint and just like everything about it sort of clicked. And I will also expose my bias for a moment here in saying that like – Oh, no. You can't do that on live deal. <laughs> <laughs> but p- platformers are like my bread and butter. Like I, I love this type of game. And so this was something that checked every box for me. I had very, very few complaints with the actual game. Um and then also I just think it did something really special. Like I'm laughing because whoever recorded this gameplay is so much better than me. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was me if this is the video I'm thinking Oh, of, man. Right? No, this is me, actually. Watch oh, this it. is you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. I thought I was about to get, like, totally burned no. there. No. There's, like, a pot oh, that you awesome. just, like, bre- bros through? Breeze bros through. through. <laughs> uh, that I destroyed me. This pot, man. Oof. Uh, the, so I, I think I told the story on, on maybe the last episode, but uh, I first previewed this game at the Nindies event in uh, February of 2017. Uh and watching somebody play at like a pro level, watching somebody play like the B sides, uh, when they've obviously the guy giving me the the, the demo was a, a designer on the game is like watching somebody conduct a symphony. Like it's amazing <laughs> yeah. to watch somebody fly through this game. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it's in terms of like just take 
the actual game itself like out of the equation for a minute and consider like what the speedrun community will look like in three oh, to six man. months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. insane. Yeah. yeah, this game is totally. I mean, it's built for speedrunning. It has obviously like a speedrunning counter in oh, there wow, that you can en- enable. Yeah, neither. What's going yeah, on here? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So this that's is a later chapter. <laughs> this is like what would you say halfway through the game? No, this something? this is farther than that. This is the the second to last chapter of the the story of the game. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, there aren't any real spoilers here. No story look spoilers. Over this just, way for a moment. Just level spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, this is this is all stuff that they've shown in trailers and stuff. It's like yeah. they've yeah, yeah. they've been pretty liberal with showing what the game has to offer. No, absolutely. I think like just taking a look at Celeste from what we've seen in screenshots or if you've caught a trailer of it. Um it might look a little bit smaller than what it actually turns out to be because it's a huge game, right? Yeah. There's a lot to play there because each level has, for instance, like one way to play through it, but then there are B-sides to other levels, yeah, right? Yeah, there's tons of hidden stuff as well. There's right. so many secrets. The base, the basics of that is there's these strawberries. There's 175 strawberries hidden throughout all the A-sides of the game, which are the base chapters. Uh, there are eight chapters, and then every chapter has a B-side tape that once you find it on the A-side, it unlocks that, and it's the B-side is like a version of the same chapter but just like turned up to 11 in difficulty it's just i, I how spent is, how are the a sides not already turned up to 11 it's <laughs> one of the hardest games i've ever played yeah. so the a sides the a sides are kind of balanced to be very challenging but like eventually achievable the b sides are going to be the type of thing where like eventually like p- there are going to be people who just don't want to play them yeah right like they're just that hard there's this game called i want to be the guy yeah You've played that? Yeah. That's what it makes me think of, where mm-hmm. it's like, this is mean in a way that I'm laughing at it because it hates me. It's just like <laughs> you're laughing in a way that's like, ha wow, you suck. And it's just like infuriating, whereas I feel like normally it's kind of like Super Meat Boy style. Yeah, the the, on, the only difference is that uh, from I Want to Be the Guy being that uh, I Want to Be the Guy does a lot of stuff with like tricking you. Yeah. And this game does it, does, it doesn't try to do that. It's more transparent in that regard. But you're right that it's just like, there there are some jumps in like the really, really end game B-side levels that are... You know, probably like a three to four pixel tolerance in terms of getting through them. Like it's, it's, it makes nuts. me sweat just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but I do really like that the way that you approach every, I want to call them rooms is, yeah. you know, you get there, you look at it and you're like, this is a puzzle. It's not just a platform. Right. This is a, a puzzle in itself. How am I going to get over there? And every uh, single time out, I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Alana and I were actually texting about Celeste last night and she texted this thing that was like, I, I had literally said out loud multiple times playing it <laughs> in, in that you walk into a room, a room and you look at the, the, the way that the layout works and you think, Oh, this is impossible. Like there's, there's no way to get through this. But then, 45 seconds to a minute later you're on the other side of that chasm and you're like I'm not even sure how I did that yeah. but it worked like I made it <laughs> yeah. and that that feeling is what is so addictive about this game and like you know like you had compared it to Meat Boy which I think is probably the most apt comparison I think yeah. personally I think it's harder than Meat Boy which I do probably too, weed a lot of people out like just from the get go um but the thing the same thing about Meat Boy uh the same thing that I love about me boys is, is something that I love about Celeste is that they don't give you an opportunity to give up, right? Mm. Like you die. And then before you can even set your switch down and be like, you know, F this game, you're already back in it. And so yeah. that, that sort of instant respawn, that sort of instant feedback just encourages you to keep going. Cause it's like, well, I'm already back up. I might as well give it another also shot. Also that the rooms are small. So you get spawned right back at the start of one rather than being like really far right back. So it never feels like it's punishing you too hard. There's a couple of rooms. There's a couple (laughs) of rooms that I've been through that, that I'm like, I wish I didn't have to do this portion of this again. (laughs) (laughs) Really sucks. Yeah. That was, that was something that you mentioned that got, got under your skin that I think is totally fair is like, occasionally there will be those rooms that are like a little bit longer and like it's not the first jump it's not the second jump it's like the third thing you got to do is like mm-hmm. the hardest in the room and suddenly you're doing the first two over and over and over again well and it's like the same thing like the same sort of feedback loop as dark souls in that like uh, i know that i compare everything to dark souls i'm sorry uh, <laughs> but in that it'll work times one through five and then on the sixth time, you'll just die there for no reason. And you're like, what did I do differently there? Like, why did I do that? And then you figure it out like later, like, oh, I just didn't. I was just a fraction of a hair off in the angle that I needed to jump and I hit the spikes or, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. it can be really tough. But I also wanted to talk, we could talk about the gameplay forever because it's very, very good. But I think the writing is also very good. Yeah. The so characters are all really interesting. This is this is the if we're going to get right down to it, this is the part of the game that made me give it a 10 like this is the part of the game that made it that set itself apart for me did something new for me it was it's this incredible platformer right like we've just talked about that but the story the writing is great the story is told 
amazingly genuinely and it's a story that's not – that you're not going to expect from a game like mm. this. It's a story about like dealing with – basically dealing with depression and dealing with parts of yourselves that are – that like you might be afraid of and the message of the game is ultimately like – Learning to understand those parts of yourself is better than running away from them and like that's incredible to me because this is like the type of story and the type of conversations being had within it that like you'd expect from like a walking simulator or like a visual novel like you know I think of Depression Quest as like one of those games that like really took depression on the nose and like that's an amazing game but I don't necessarily think I'd call that like a fun game not that that's a bad thing right right? like I I don't think a game has to be fun to be good but like this is a game that was like well why can't we talk about depression in a genuine way and also make an incredibly fun satisfying game around that yeah yeah i also think that dying 1200 times in one room will teach you a lot about depression (laughs) (laughs) well Uh, it does yeah i mean it does take some pretty serious subjects like depression and anxiety and it sort of like formulates them and it explains them and teaches you how to deal with them through this sort of light-hearted game Mm -hmm. in a way um never have a heavy-handed right exactly and and stuff too oh yeah yeah totally and and like i really like what you had mentioned a few days ago when you were telling me about celeste you were saying how like you know some games like the witness or other like quote-unquote walking simulator simulators might um you know have a a great story but the gameplay isn't as like you know the it's not as addictive as celeste is but it's able to achieve both things. Yeah, I think, I think the witness... going to be like, the witness story's terrible. <laughs> it's not a great example. Well, what about that audio tape with the girl? That was excellent. Perhaps, perhaps you're forgetting that. <laughs> well, like, something, something like Edith Finch, maybe, right? Right, yeah. Edith Finch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, I, I love the fact that um, Celeste accomplishes both addictive gameplay and has an amazing story, you know, on top of it. Well, and I think one of the things that it does so smart is that the the gameplay in itself is an analogy for the overall story that it's telling. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. It's, you throw yourself at something a hundred times to try to figure out why. And there's, there might not be a right answer or a right way to approach it. And like that sort of, you know, Tom, Tom was telling me that there's moments in this game that like a light bulb goes off for you where it's just like, Oh, now I understand something about this that I didn't before. And I feel like that, that's the thing that like keeps me coming back to it. Um, because I, you know, it is incredibly difficult. And there are times when I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm over this game, but something in the back of my head is like, I kind of want to see what happens. With I dreamt about stuff. it last night. Yeah. Well, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Well, so I do want to touch on this because I, I imagine that a lot of people are listening to this and watching this and going like, well, that's great, but like, I'm never going to play this game because I don't, I'm not a masochist, right? Like, I don't want to subject <laughs> myself to that. Um, and something that it does really well is it has an assist mode. And also, if you don't care about the story, you can skip every cutscene. You can just do the platformer. That's great. And the game doesn't really punish you or make fun of you for doing that. And similarly, it has an assist mode that you can turn on where it says very clearly when you select the option in the menus, like, hey, this isn't the way the game's meant to be played. This game is meant to be challenging. It's, as you said, it's part of the game. And, you know, that's but we understand that not everyone's going to be into that, into that and we still want you to be able to experience it. And if you turn on the assist mode, it lets you do one of four different things. You can either have more dashes, be completely invincible, hmm. have infinite stamina, which is usually when you're climbing walls, you'll slide down eventually. Um, and then the last thing is my favorite. You can slow the gameplay down. And so you can slow it up to half speed, but it goes in 10% increments. Okay. So if you're really struggling and you're just like, I can't get a handle on this game, you could just turn it down to a 90% speed, 80% speed, and it's like still a hard game. It's still got all of the mechanical requirements there. You just have a few milliseconds more to think about what you're doing. That's really cool. And suddenly the game is like still very challenging and cool, but just a little bit more doable. I can see that being extremely useful because like the thing about – the thing that is difficult to me is running running a room in succession or running like making sure that each of those movements is lined up because it's oftentimes what will happen is like I need to jump into one thing and then like hold the directional stick this way so I pop out and then jump up and then jump over mm-hmm. and so like having that that additional handful of milliseconds to make those decisions is awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. I haven't tried the assist mode. I, I definitely think I'll mess with uh, the double jump though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I think I wow. most often screw up by uh, dashing in the wrong direction because too, I'm in a rush. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I dashed across instead of slightly up and that happens a lot and I feel like that would kind of help with that. Yeah. I'm not at a point where I hate it yet that enough to turn it down, <laughs> but I think that that's like great for accessibility. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and uh, once again, I, I'll 
let you talk because I've been talking forever and I just am crazy about this game. But like, yeah, the, I love the feeling the game does it with is and it never punishes you. It never makes fun of you. It never like Super Meat Boy. I think you brought this up actually a while back. Like you, Meat Boy is like a punishing game and then it like rubs your face in it and it's like watch all your deaths. Here you yeah. go. And like <laughs> Celeste has these little in-between <laughs> chapters things where it's like – you know, dying is okay. Like, don't fear your death count. It's all right. Like, you can do this. And it's, like, such an encouraging game. Yeah. Also right. the music. Yeah. Yes. And that's why, like, a game like this is so esteemed is that we have, like, also this, also this, also this is really good. Like, it's, like, just all of the pieces are very good. I can't say if I would give it a 10 because I haven't finished it. But it's just a lot of very, very good things interweaved really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's always a disclaimer. Uh, whenever we talk about games that we give a 10, uh, on the IGN scale, a 10 is a masterpiece. And I think what a lot of people interpret a 10 out of 10 as is, oh, this game is perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the mindset that no game is perfect, Mm -hmm. but a lot of games in my book are masterpieces. Um, So I think that's one thing that that people need to take into account when they go into something like this or or even something like Zelda or Mario where where we've given it a 10. That doesn't necessarily mean that the game is 100% top down, like perfect, you know. Also doesn't mean all of the staff necessarily agree with it. That's true too. Yeah. It's just yeah. one person, ultimately. Marty Sleva told me he would have given uh, Mario Odyssey an 8.5. I probably would and have also. now I'm not friends with either of them. <laughs> that game of 10. Yeah. Sorry. I'm probably more in the 7 range for Mario Act. No. Is that true? No, Whoa. No, 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 no. What are you Even doing I here? I was shocked. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. We the good, balls we on you to say that on a Nintendo show. <laughs> <laughs> just insane. Yeah. No, I only I only give 10s to indie hipster trash. Mm. Um, yeah, well. Pixel art games, specifically. Uh, Known SJW, Tom Marks, yeah. on the is, panel today. the woman in yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I've actually yeah. never given a ten. No. This is Tom's first ten. I don't. Oh. I'm not planning on making a habit of it. Yeah. But also, you got to remember that I came from a background at PC Gamer where, like, it was the illegal one, to the, give tens. Yeah, the 100 didn't exist. They've never given a game a 99 or 100 ever. Yeah. So, like, I I come from a background where that wasn't possible, basically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't plan on making a habit of it. This game just really. Struck me in a powerful, powerful way that I have not been struck since. I mean, so this is an annoying thing about saying something like that is like I haven't been struck like that since Breath of the Wild. But before that, I keep a doing long that. Time. I haven't felt this way since oh Breath of the Wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Never mind. It's like um, so totally reset the bar, and I'm yeah. just like, dang it, man. But I also wanted to say the thing that sold me on it when you started playing it was that it's from the creators of Towelfall. Yeah, play that awesome game. So it kind of checks out why it's so good. And it kind of feels like a, a comparison that I originally had, and it's a lot more than this, but it feels a little bit like Towerfall mixed with Meat Boy, right? It's like the platforming of Towerfall with that that um, that delicious meat, that delicious delicious meat, <laughs> right? Uh, no strawberries, man. It's all strawberries. You make a pie at the really end. Really bad at getting the strawberries. A second question this episode. You guys weren't here for the first one, but yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, it, am I playing it wrong if I don't give a if I don't care about <laughs> getting the strawberries? No, because there are so many times where I see a strawberry in a room and I'm like. Nah, I just no way. So so this is another way that the game lets you choose your difficulty, right? Is a lot of the strawberries are completely optional. A lot of the rooms they're in are like completely optional. I think it's the fifth, fourth or fifth level. That's the temple. I think it's the fifth chapter. Um, like most of the strawberries and most honestly of the platforming sections in that chapter are side paths. Like Mm. you, you could completely skip them. And that's another way that it's built for speedrunning, right? Like. Man, there are so many – there are going to be so many different categories of speedruns for this game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the any percent. There's going to be the all strawberries. There's going to be the only B-sides. There's going to be no deaths. There's going to be – I've heard rumor. I don't know if this is true yet. I still have to confirm. But apparently the game is beatable without dashing is what I have uh, been told. What? Um I don't know if that's Jonathan true. told me there's another category. Yeah, Jonathan was talking about the no jump know. or the no dash run when he was here a minute ago. I don't see how that's impossible. impossible. I can't yeah. even I know. comprehend I've, it. I've gotten – I got about halfway through the first chapter before I got stuck on a jump and like there's little tricks though. Like it, it, there's so much nuance to the game. Like if you're just on a wall and you have to like jump over spikes on the top of the wall or whatever, just jumping won't get you as far as if you hop and then immediately jump off the wall again. Like there's all these little tricks. There's a trick hmm. where if you – You mean like if you let go of the wall and then you – No, you like – you tap jump just a little bit and then as you fall back down, you grab onto the wall and immediately jump again. You just wow. get a little more momentum. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with like bouncing off a pink cloud or bouncing off of a, mm-hmm. a – uh, one of the, the – le- not levers but one of the pulley systems. Yeah. Like – you can you can bounce off of those and it'll shoot you across the room. But if you time it just right, it'll shoot you all the way so that you're totally in the safe yeah. zone to catch yourself. And it's it's getting that rhythm down that I think is probably going to be so key in, in a lot of these like speed runs or special runs. You know, there's a movement mechanic 
that the B-side of the final chapter of the story introduces – and that the – the B-side of the final chapter of the story took me over, over two and a half hours and 1,400 deaths to beat. Wow. It was th- one of the most satisfying things I've ever done in a video game. It was – there were three different parts <laughs> – during it, three different screens or rooms where I walked into it and I tried it a couple times and I went, this is physically impossible to do. Right. And then probably 10 to 15 minutes later, I managed to do it, right? Like there was one level and, and – but as I was saying, about two hours into that, no, nah, probably like hour and a half into that, they introduce you to a new like mechanic. mechanic. It's not like – it's never been hidden from you. It's not like an ability you get. It's just a, a trick where if you dash at a wall and jump right in this specific way, you get more height. And then every puzzle after it in that, in that chapter uses it. And like, you're doing things where like, there, you'll be on a cliff and there'll be just like a straight wall and then an up and you like have to figure out how to do that. And right. it's just amazing. The way you're wow. talking about it is making me think of playing, you know, trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you play it on the hottest difficulties and you're just like, what the how what? Yeah. How am I supposed to get up that straight wall? And it's just like incredibly <laughs> hot and you press retry over and over again until there's a thousand of them until you finally get them. And it's super satisfying. Yeah. All right, so I just have one more question yes. before we move on. Um so given the fact that this game is very difficult, but it does have an assist mode in it, uh, would you say that this is a game that everybody should pick up? Everyone should try it. I think everyone, yeah, I'd say everyone should try it because there is, there are so many different ways to kind of customize it to yourself. Like, mm-hmm. like Zach was, or like we were saying with those strawberries, like even if you don't want to put the assist mode on, but you just don't want to go after the strawberries, like that's another way to kind of make the game a little easier on yourself. Um, I'd really recommend it to, to pretty much everyone. I'd especially recommend it to anybody who has struggled with things like depression or anxiety. I think it is a very healthy game to play for that sort of thing. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, Celeste is officially out. We gave it a 10. So if you're interested in it, we highly recommend you check it out. Um, but moving on from there, we have some news coming in from Psionics. It looks like cross-platform parties are officially coming to Rocket League at some point this year. So Psionics is not, is clearly not planning on dropping support for Rocket League on Switch anytime soon because they recently announced that the system or that a cross party platform system will be showing up, allowing players from different consoles to play together in the same party seamlessly moving between matches. So I've, I still play a lot of Rocket League, especially since it launched on Switch. Um, now when it did launch on Switch, I turned off, uh, cross, like, play uh just right off of that yeah because i didn't want to like play against xbox people or or anything like that um not because it's like they're any better or anything like that i just felt like the core group of people jumping it's because you're a console racist yeah it's because i'm console racist yeah totally console racist no (laughs) um no but just because i felt like um you know playing with people on the same console everyone's experiencing it together for the first time they'll probably all suck like i suck so it'd be great totally yeah um but i just think that it's great that you know this like psionics is sort of like leading the way for like cross-platform i think play. they are in a lot of ways i think psionics is an incredible company when it comes to multiplayer their leaderboard tournament system is amazing it basically has they have their own tournament system built in true cross-platform where you can <laughs> 8.0 all right nice. <laughs> where you can oh, i guess this is footage from my review uh you can choose to Start a leaderboard within the game itself. You can have certain things that you're placing as bets, and then everyone who's playing online will be like, okay, this is a leaderboard for people interested in this map on this console. They all have like a countdown timer, so you all get called into the lobby when it's time to play, and then a tournament starts. And it's like, that's really cool. That is insane. As, as someone who like played games competitively and had to go to third party websites to fill everything in, the fact that you can do that with all those filters, like they're, they're incredible. And this is a thing that the only company that's missing is Sony, and Psionics are a great one to put. The pressure on them being that Rocket League's success ultimately came from being a PS Plus title. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's, they're, they're amazing. Uh, we had Jeremy Dunham uh, on an episode of NVC, I think it was before your time here, uh, a few months back to talk about Rocket League coming to the Switch. And he talked a lot about like the architecture and like the backdoor stuff that happens to get a game cross-platform like that just out of the gate. Super interesting interview. If you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because there's a lot of insight into like the inner workings of this kind of stuff. And it's nice to see that, that Psyonix is continuing to support this platform. So. That's really cool. Yeah. I also just love that Psyonix, like, don't take no guff when it comes to all the cross-platform cross He was wearing stuff. a t-shirt that said, don't take no guff. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but, like, like you know, there's always that stuff about, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> but like the the Fortnite thing where like it accidentally got turned okay, on. Okay, but cross that was a wink like, and a nod. Like right, that right. was very much like oh whoops, hey. Oh, right. hey, I have zero doubt they did that intentionally. Oh, of course oh, they did. Yeah. Of course, yeah. but like at the same good time, they, you know, they they had to. They had to turn it off and they had to like issue a statement on all that. And like Psyonix has just been like quietly like – yeah, Sony's still not part of that. But like Psyonix has just been quietly like, yeah, we're just going to do this and like not really make a big deal out of it. do a great job of it. Yeah. Like, the way they make it work and the fact that you can turn it off if you want to and filter it out, filter it out in the tournaments, filter it out in multiplayer. Like it's just – it's so well made. Um, yeah. I really think this studio like despite making a fantastic game doesn't get enough credit for their multiplayer architecture. It's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Huge success. Well, uh, further in the news, Atari is back in the limelight. Uh, needless to say, I guess Roller Coaster Tycoon is apparently seeking crowdfunding for a Switch version. Now, Atari, not too long ago, started a crowdfunding campaign for something called the Atari, Atari Box. Box. Yes. So, Where's why, that? I want to know why. <laughs> like, yes. Hey, one, where's, where's that? that? Where's that? <laughs> Two, why, why is Atari, like, why are they seeking crowdfunding opportunities? Like, I feel like Atari is a company that could potentially just kind of drive their own horse. You know what I mean? Or ride their own horse. They could do. You could have said the same for Shenmue. Like, it's like there's so many weird. Op- and Star Citizen is like still so successful as a crowdsourced game. But it's, I don't know. I think it's uh, they are a publisher trying to come back and figure out what they're doing. Like, mm. I, I feel like it is a really weird choice, but it's ultimately viable for them because they don't have all, a ton of stuff left. Like, the, the company's changed so dramatically that it's like. What even are they? What is their... Well, I know they had right they had, right, had yeah. big placement in uh, Blade Runner this year. They, <laughs> or yeah, last they year. did have some of that. Uh, where's that very, Blade, very Blade awesome. Runner money? <laughs> why, like, why not put that in there? Yeah. Well, the platform that they're using, it's called Start Engine. Um, so it's a little different than like Kickstarter yeah. or what you'd get from like Indiegogo. So what they're looking for is something between $10,000 and $1. Uh, 0.07 million dollars uh, to make this game, Big but window? yeah, I know it's a it's a pretty wide uh, window right there. Just that, that depends on how many roller coasters you get in the game. True. Yeah. Yeah. For a thousand, it's just one. Yeah. I think, just, I think the other reason they're going for crowdfunding is because they probably, from a business standpoint, are trying to gauge if there's any consumer faith left in a, the roller coaster tycoon brand because yeah. they destroyed it all with right. roller coaster tycoon <laughs> world. Yeah. Like, just to be completely blunt, they released a really buggy, broken game and. And didn't really do anything and like god the iphone game has been well, the, yeah, the so mobile the, game has been super successful which i think is just called roller coaster tycoon i think it's called roller coaster tycoon touch or something like that yeah. it's the same developer so this right. this is the one thing that is like making me hopeful at all about this is that it is the same developer who made that making supposedly going to be making the switch version but like they told us so little like the kickstarter or uh, excuse me the engine whatever start, it's called start, start engine yeah. backer yeah. video or whatever it is the pitch video is like so businessy and full yeah. of so many businessy buzzwords about like well that's that's we're a global developer and we develop this is not global a stakeholder products. meeting this yeah is a separate thing and we've got zero you on all the roller coasters <laughs> right and through that there's zero gameplay of anything any zero like concept art any sort of like what what are you selling us right like what are you trying to get us to back and okay, it makes me really nervous i totally want to play this <laughs> <laughs> i totally want roller coaster tycoon on the switch i i yeah there's the optimistic side of it right it's like yeah, I want that to work. But <laughs> well, I mean, it's, thing, it, it's it's a genre that's sorely lacking. That sort yeah. of like sim, simmy kind of like park builder, or or I mean, there's there's a there was one on a uh, scream something on an Xbox Zoo Tycoon. I mean, I, I'm talking like just title. on the Switch. There, there's the oh, um, sure, yeah. the Portal Bridge Builder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, like, there's not a I ton mean, of options general. for yeah, for that kind of like sim experience on Switch. It was like so. farming simulator. Yeah, but that's a whole yeah. farm thing. You know, you got to do a tractor. It's a whole farm. Like you got to go get the wheat. Ice road trucking simulator. Is that true? That's a game that exists on PC, yeah. Mm. Specifically okay. for ice road trucks. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'd like to see like so spin tires. That's a niche, a niche that level of trucking. It, that is a niche, yeah. It's, well, it's incredible. It's just yeah. amazing. But I feel like the like tycoon games, like maybe you're more in touch with this tone, but I feel like I haven't seen a ton of them just in general lately, uh, even on PC. Planet Coaster has been Planet the biggest, Coaster, right? right? Like that's the one that really, really took off. And there's a new one coming from the creators of Theme Hospital. There's a yeah. hospital tycoon uh, game yeah. coming. Um, also a weird trend that happened is there's been like two or three airport tycoon games that have come up, like mm. just out of the indie scene on Steam Sounds Early weird. Access. Like if you failed, do the planes just crash? I, I don't know. I really don't. Crash. Um, but 
Yeah, you're – like I would love to see them make their way to Switch. Like I'd love to see Planet Coaster on Switch. I'd love to see this on Switch and have it be successful. Like I'd really want this to be a great thing. I'm just super skeptical right now. Yeah, the way they're presenting it is a little iffy. Like they don't have any like footage or even concepts to really show us. Um, But – I do think it's interesting that they're like since they're using Start Engine, it's a little bit of a different platform. So they're allowed to basically promise their investors revenue share and you know uh, allowing them to work on future projects with them in in Atari. So it's different from Kickstarter in that like aspect. But at the same time, the people who they should be pitching this to are fans of the series, right. not like potential investors. I think something like this probably would perform a lot better on Kickstarter yeah. or Indiegogo because those are the people who want to play the game. Maybe right? so. Yeah. Yeah. Very well could know. be. Very interesting stuff happening in Atari. But um, before we wrap up the show, let's quickly go through some of the new game releases for this week. Um, out this week is Chroma Gun, uh, which is kind of like an interesting Portal-esque type game. I've played a little bit about or a little bit of it, not too much, uh, but definitely check that game out if you're a fan of like Portal-like games. But don't go in there expecting Portal. Uh, also, uh, Shoe is out on January 23rd or came out. One. Yep, Super One More Jump. Lost Sphere, Zigzag Go, Zero Gunner 2, Strikers 1945 2, <laughs> Dust Off, Heli Rescue, <laughs> Celeste, um, Atomic Run Gun Jump, and of course, Pokemon Crystal Version out on 3DS. Now hang on a second, I gotta, I have to correct you here. I believe the name of this game is Atomic Run Gun Jump Gun. What did I say? Run Gun Jump? Yeah. Oh. But you have you to say it gun. like, you have One to say word. it, you have this to say it like America. that. America. I know. Run Gun Jump Gun. Can't forget the guns. Run Gun, gun. <laughs> Run, gun Jump Gun. Yeah, see? That's tough. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the Celeste yeah. of words. It's the Celeste of words. Yeah. <laughs> you see it and you like think that you can get there, but it but feels impossible. You cannot. <laughs> uh, before, before we wrap it up, I, I, we got a really, really good question in for question block. Um, okay. I, I think, um, this one comes in from our email, nvc at ign.com. It's from Ryan. Ryan says, Hello, NBC. I am one of your loyal listeners who does not own a Switch. I usually I usually stay a generation behind in my gaming to save money. Last year, I purchased a new 3DS XL. Because of my tight schedule, my gaming now happens while commuting on the train. I downloaded Shovel Knight and loved it. I would never have found that game if I wasn't a listener of NBC. I've also played and enjoyed The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, Super Mario 3D Land, Animal Crossing, and Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. However, the tightrope sections of Dark Moon were completely unplayable unless the train (laughs) was stopped at a station. Yeah. What are three other must-have 3DS games for the train? Thanks, Ryan. Okay. um, So. I want to throw one that isn't necessarily that popular, but that's... uh, Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton. I think it's the other way around. Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney. Uh, I think that's a really compelling, interesting story puzzle game that you can play for a super long time. And it's like, if you haven't played any of the Phoenix Wright games, you should totally play them. But that's like probably my favorite of both of those separate franchises, which have tons of games on the 3DS as well. So mm-hmm. I'm going to nominate that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I think I'm cheating a little bit here when I say that that use a lot of the virtual console stuff on the 3DS. There's a you ton of correct to cheating. Yeah, there's a ton of uh there's a ton of Super Nintendo games that I really love. Like <laughs> I played Earthbound for the first time on my 3DS. Um Super Metroid is great on 3DS. Uh so uh, yeah, I would say that those are the where I would would go for train-wise play. Um but if you're looking for strictly 3DS games, uh you gotta go with Samus Returns. Like, I think out of this list, it looks like you're playing all the, like, bangers, like the first party, like, real big Nintendo games. And if that's the case, then just be a completionist and, and get Samus Returns. It's a really, really good game. Really tough. Really long. And, uh, I think it's totally worth your money and worth a, a visit on the train. So. And no tightrope sections. So. Uh, yeah. uh, there's that one. Oh, that dang, one tightrope section. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanna say as a, as a fellow, uh, train gamer, I I, simp- I I empathize with this letter a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'd say anything Fire Emblem like is my call. Like I I actually really like the the Fire Emblem. I can't remember the name now because I'm totally blanking. But the one right before Fate Awakenings. Yes. Yeah. I, I think Awakenings is just like yeah. Fire one of the best Fire Awakenings is a great a great game. And that is it. Awakenings with an S. It's Awakenings with the Z, like the Dragon Ball Fighter game. <laughs> <laughs> Awakenings. I've just been saying Awakening this whole time. I thought it was no, singular. Actually, I think it is. Too, but yeah. Maybe. I'm sure that the comments will let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it Awakenings? Have I been screwing this up this whole time? But yes, that is an excellent game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if that, that's also an older one. If so, if you play a little farther behind, it's probably a little cheaper than the newer ones and it's still amazing. 
Hey, yeah. seriously, don't at me if it's plural. <laughs> um, Sorry. My pick was going to be uh, Samus Returns. That's like yeah. probably my most recent favorite. How do you pick that PS one? Game. I know. I said it was. You only lost the three. Be, I'm sorry. Was going to be, but um, I would also say A Link Between Worlds too. That was going to be that my on the list. but he listed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dang! Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> good thing I have you guys. He's here. just got it covered. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because like, if I were to make a list of the must-play games on 3DS, it's literally this list. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So show um, some good ones for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Well, that's our show this week. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. We're a weekly show on IGN.com, but you can also find us on YouTube and any of your favorite podcasting listening services. So definitely subscribe if you haven't already. Tom, where can people find you at? Uh, at Tom R. Marks on Twitter and nowhere else, pretty much. Cool. <laughs> Alana, where can people find you at? I am at Charlanazad on all of the things. Uh, that's just my name in the middle of Charizard. Cool. And Zach? It's incredibly difficult to spell. It is. That's like, why I it sound so easy, but it's so hard Shaw, to spell when you... Alana Zod. I don't know how to spell your name. Uh, you can find me at ZacharySD on Twitter. Um, I also run uh, uh, the NBC podcast uh, in uh, Twitter sometimes. Cool. <laughs> Occasionally. Nice. Uh, so I'm there sometimes. And uh, yeah, you can find me every week right here on NBC. Cool. And you can find me here on Twitter, or here on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Philip Mewson and here every week on NBC as well. Uh, thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next week. Get the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.